What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked on Bucks. Uh, first game, Locked on Bucks, says Milwaukee dropped one to the Celtics, which I would say was a pretty uninspiring game from start to finish. Uh, the Bucks do lose to the Celtics 117 to 103. There's an injury to Chris Middleton, which is at least a little bit anxiety-inducing, so we're going to break that down and everything else that happened in Boston. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pippen. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me today, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscription services you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Uh, and as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. And if you're a Bucks fan, perhaps you're waking up a little bit disappointed today. I mentioned right off the top, Milwaukee lose to the Celtics 117 to 103, but perhaps more concerning from this one, Frank. And unfortunately, we've had to become experts at knee hyperextensions. Uh, we know what happened to Giannis in the postseason. Obviously, George Hills missed some games here recently with a hyperextension of his own. And Chris Middleton, uh, his left knee, uh, went down in the third quarter of this game. Uh, the the good news out of the locker room is that it appears that they're at least feeling somewhat positive about the early diagnosis with this injury. But let's just say this is the last thing the Bucks need. Chris Milton missing any type of time. Yeah, I mean, they, they've obviously had the really nice run uh, with Chris, Drew, and Giannis kind of all being back, um, have come back down to earth here in the last week with a couple of down games. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, th- this season, like, kind of games like this and, you know, sort of the kind of the record where they're at 18-11, it feels very much like last season overall, but last season they really had great health other than uh, Drew's COVID stint, right? Um, and obviously this season's been a really different story. And, um, you know, the list, the injury list is <laughs> is kind of comedically long right now. Obviously, you know, as long as you've got your, your top three guys, you can't complain too much, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Bucks have played pretty much every good team the Bucks have played um, with the exception of opening night when even the Nets were missing Kyrie. But it seems like they've been just running into teams left and right who've been missing key players. So, you know, that's just kind of the way the way it is right now. But uh, but yeah, obviously um, seeing Chris go down and, I, you know, my immediate reaction, I don't know. I mean, you know, like looking at the way he injured himself and the fact that he got right back up immediately. And as you alluded to, um, hyperextensions, like they look bad and i think you know i think a lot of people have probably experienced them um and not, again not that we're comparable to, to professional athletes but um you know again famous last words here but I, I honestly like wasn't as worried just because again they often aren't mechanisms that that lead to like torn acls or kind of these like worst case type scenarios and the fact that you know chris kind of got up immediately and obviously he had to leave the floor but um you know let's just say this was not 
not quite as uh, scary as, as as Giannis's hyperextension in last year's playoffs against the Hawks, where you know literally couldn't get up and you know he was on the floor for minutes and you know you felt like the world was ending. So, um, I mean, we'll see what it is. You know, I, I also think back to Joel Embiid last year. I would say a much scarier hyperextension. I think he was out three weeks. So, again, this isn't the the, the term hyperextension again is a mechanism. It's not a diagnosis. Um, but uh, you just hope that you know this is something that's maybe a you know a week long injury or something like that, or worst case, you know maybe it's two three weeks, which again is not good uh, because the Bucks have looked pretty bad when Chris Middleton hasn't been out there giving them kind of that combination of playmaking and scoring that uh, that he's so good at. But um, you know it's a long season, and you just you just hope to dodge kind of major bullets. And you know again the reality of of an eighty two game season is you're going to have to miss guys at some point. So. We'll just have to wait and see, but certainly the the news from the locker room was at least somewhat encouraging. <laughs> Not that we're necessarily taking Mike Budenholzer's uh, uh, you know commentary on injuries at face value, but it um, certainly beats the you know no update, um, no timeline, uh, usual lines that we hear from Bud. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to a hyperextension, I think you really hit the nail on the head that sometimes they look horrifically scary, and like the Giannis one did because of the violence in the hyperextension. Yeah. That was the same. With the Joel Embiid one, this one not so much. Of course, you know knees are so finicky that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But but he, you know he was able to walk off, and uh, you know he kind of got down the floor and then made the decision that he had to go off. So I guess you know like all these things, we'll have to wait until tomorrow until they get some scans done and confirm uh, what we hope is just uh, maybe a, a few games off here for Chris Milton. Now, unfortunately. For his career stats against the Boston Celtics, brutal day for Chris Milton. We know that he's typically dominated Boston, only finished with the four points in this one, two for eight from the field. Um, but let's talk about Giannis because I know that in uh, watching this game, I could tell that you would have been at home frustrated perhaps with the way Giannis wasn't able to physically dominate this game, whether it was Al Horford, whether it was Robert Williams. They had a couple of big bodies there. Obviously, he's gone and battled Al Horford a number of times, but he wasn't able to find his real comfort zone, let's say that. I mean, he was 7 for 14 from the field. He did have eight free throw attempts, so it wasn't the most inefficient night of all time for Giannis, but by the same time, uh, by the same token, it didn't feel like he he was ever at any stage going to take over this game. Yeah, I mean, I think he was scoreless in the first quarter, and um, I, you know, I, I cited after the Rockets game... Um, a line that that our friend Eric Name had in his in his last sort of one of his big pieces around Giannis and Giannis had some quotes in there about you know trying to find this balance of like when to quote unquote like make the right play and and kind of draw the double team and pass out versus like he, he used the term like when you have to make the defense feel him you know like feel you and you know the Rockets game was a perfect example of like making a team feel you like he didn't take a single um, baseline fadeaway in that game he was not settling for jump shots really in that game he took three threes but um but for the most part he was really attacking going downhill knowing that you know christian wood or you know jay sean tate jay sean tate's actually a pretty good defender if, if not quite undersized but um he wanted to, to give it to those guys and and make them feel it all night and it was very different i'd say certainly this game was much more like the boston game in the sense that you know he starts off taking a couple of jump shots you know he sees the way that the celtics were loading up defensively on him and said okay i'll, I'll see if i can kind of work my way into this game with some jump shooting misses his first two jump shots and doesn't take another shot the rest of the first quarter. And then, yeah, it was just, it was just very hard for him. You know, they, they tried to run some pick and rolls, um, which I thought, you know, the pick and roll was the thing that felt like they got into too late against Miami 
Um, they started to get to have some success drawing fouls, and he had won that one big dunk against the Heat, kind of running pick and roll. I felt like tonight um, they tried to do it early, and they just the Heat, or the the Celtics just had too many kind of bodies crowding the paint. And um, I was actually surprised that they. I think it was a third quarter before they gave him kind of one of his typical left post um, kind of touches where he can just sort of face up and and kind of attack from that spot. Um, so yeah, I mean, he just never really kind of got into any sort of rhythm, even when he got switches, you know, the, the Celtics were able to kind of switch it quickly enough that he's not able to attack immediately. He never really got downhill a lot of, a lot of times, like him sort of attacking and having to back out and kind of once he does that, you know, um, it's often kind of a lost possession for him and, you know, a lot of like him dribbling and kind of using up clock. And that's obviously a, a problem for the Bucks offense, right? They're used to him generating easy looks, um, and not kind of using up clock and then having to kind of kick it out, had some bad passes out of, you know, dribble drives. Um, I think what he had like four turnovers and certainly they missed some shots. You know, he had more than three passes that should have been assists tonight. He credited with three assists. Um, they missed a lot of jump shots tonight. And again, I mean, you look at the box score, I was actually kind of surprised. Part of me was just sort of like, you know, Bucks have been so mediocre in this game, like outside of Drew, who was kind of dealing, uh, it was kind of like, how, how are the Bucks like not getting blown out sooner in this game? And, um, you know, you look at the final three-point shooting differential. You know, we talked for quite a while. The Bucks were having a lot of opponent three-point shooting luck. We've seen that really start to reverse in the past week. There's no, you know, Jedi mind tricks that they're, you know, <laughs> using defensively tonight. They got lit up again, 20 out of 47 from three. And the volumes are really crazy right now. They're giving up, you know, the highest percentage of, of three-pointers attempted uh, out of total shots in the Bud era. And I think they're second just behind the heat in terms of like total proportion of opponent shots. So even without Brooke Lopez, um, you know, the, the, the aggressive defense that they're playing with Portis and even cousins at times teams are working the ball around and they're getting tons and tons of threes. And um, they still haven't shot the lights out against them. I think last I checked this afternoon, I think they were like 12th now in opposing three point defense. It was like third or fourth, like a week or two ago. So we've seen that number go sideways. It's going to continue to go sideways, you know, once you bake in the numbers from tonight. So, um, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's encouraging that they are still eighth in defense after this game. Uh, you know, when you consider that the three-point defense has uh, has not been as as lucky here in the in the recent stretch. But um, you know, I think certainly, uh, even though they outscored Boston forty-four to thirty-eight in the paint, that that surprised me. I figured the way like Tatum was getting past guys, it felt like the Celtics were getting, um, you know, beating their their guys one-on-one, -on -one, and obviously they don't have you know, the kind of room protection you're used to having with Brooke. But, um, you know, for the most part, Bucks were for basically being forced to help and a lot of kickouts, a lot of open threes that obviously um, really hurt the Bucks. And, you know, that was the that was the difference in the game was the three-point shooting because Bucks did a good job on the defensive glass. They didn't foul much. Um, but, you know, again, 59% on twos, that's not good. So even though they didn't you know, necessarily give up a ton of paint points, um, they obviously did not have, uh, did not hold the Celtics down to an inefficient shooting night inside the arc. And then of course, three point shooting. I mean, when you have, you know, the kind of differential we shot tonight from the three point line, 11 out of 36 versus 20 F for 47, that's tough. You know, you, that, that, those are the games where you need Giannis to, or, or, you know, Chris from the mid range or Giannis in the paint to really dominate. And obviously none of those things happened. So before I forget about it, I want to get uh, to a couple of questions about the defense that I had for you, particularly because we've had listeners in the comments, both on Twitter and on YouTube, uh, that have been asking this question. So I want to throw these at you. But speaking about forgetting about things, I'm always forgetting about subscriptions. So let's talk about True Bill, which is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subs that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. 
On average, people can save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill uh, because companies make subs subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And Truebill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subs, so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scans. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And uh, when you're trying to do that, the one thing that I always think about, if I'm trying to, to go to Truebill, cancel subscriptions i want to do it with comfortable socks on and stance and stance can help you out because i'm telling you these are the most comfortable socks on the market and by the way uh big big reaction to this stance ad read people people love stance socks founded in 2009 stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks underwear and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. And uh, I don't know what your favorite designs are, uh, Frank, but uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office. You can maybe get some Dwight socks off The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley. I don't know. They've, they've, they've got them all. Uh, but these are the types of things you can find when you, when you check out Stance uh gear there then uh, this is what you're going to be looking at at stance.com so stance believes the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good do good go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com and get 15 percent off who would have thought 15 percent off stance socks doesn't get much better than that uh, just use the promo code locked on at the checkout to apply enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance By the way, Kane, I got to ask you. Um, so when I listen on off days, I, I I just listen to the pod. I don't watch YouTube. W- when did you like move into a like suburban like house from your apartment? <laughs> like you've got a Christmas tree behind you. Like uh, it looks like it looks like a like a just like a from a I don't know some sort of like a, a home home advertisement behind you here. What's going on here? I'm not used to this. Yeah, so uh, I'm actually in the bad books. So this is my parents' house right now, and uh, they're not very happy with me because I came down. Um, so as uh, you know, Frank, uh, I've been doing some TV stuff over here in Australia. I've got a couple of new gigs. Fantastic. Those that are looking at YouTube might think, listen, this is enough. Why do people want to look at you on the TV screen? I don't know the answer for it, but I came back to see my parents uh, for what I thought was going to be one night. We're having a great time. We're drinking some wine. Everyone's really happy. And then I get a text saying that there was uh, multiple positive COVID tests at the, at the studio. And now I'm stuck here in isolation. And now they're worried that I've given the oh, whole man. family COVID. So I'm kind of in the bad book. So I was trying to do the right thing, come back to family. And now we're all just waiting to find out if everyone's got COVID. So this is, this is the world we live in. But the background is very nice. The Christmas tree is there. So um, mom is at least You're- happy that her living room is is on display and you're you're podcasting while in the health and safety protocol so shout out to you for that which feels very uh fitting actually given the way the nba has been going uh the last few weeks and all the players that are in health and safety protocol obviously west matthews as far as the bucks go um, but i'm feeling good that's the main thing so as far as the defense goes we we had a number of of questions and you kind of hinted to it just about the three-point shot 
And it's almost at times reminded you of the the old Bucks. And we've discussed the reasons why. They might be blitzing some of these pick and rolls or they might be sending quick doubles in situations that they haven't in the past when they've been a little more conservative. And I think part of the reason is because when you had Brooke Lopez out on the floor, they're so comfortable playing the defense that they've played for a number of years. But what are you actually seeing from this defense? And I know, again, we've spoke about Boogie Cousins a couple of times trying to ambush the ball handler. Most of the time it hasn't worked. Occasionally he's been able to poke the ball away and lumber down the court to try and pick up the loose ball. But what are you actually seeing from this Bucks defense with Bobby Portis as the starter? Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously the, this new life we have with no Brook Lopez. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of funny. I mean, Boogie tonight, plus four. Um, so, he, I mean, he wasn't, you know, they didn't lose the game in his minutes tonight. He had a couple of threes, um, had a block, uh, was was okay. But, uh I don't know. I mean, like the the game against the Rockets, you know, what do you play four minutes and uh, Alperen Sengun uh, kind of took him and and Bobby and and kind of you know gave gave them the the rented mule treatment. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I, it's just it's just so weird now. Like watching the Bucks playing, you know, two out of their three big men are really not good defenders at all and and pretty exploitable. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, we we talk about. Um, you know, kind of the bud era. And we think we, we align that so closely to this view of, of the, the zone drop defense with Brooke Lopez, or, you know, last year going to um, a scheme where at times they could, you know, go smaller and at times they could switch, switch everything. But again, not that they were like always switching everything. Um, so it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird seeing, you know, the, in the past week, like the, and again, DeMarcus didn't, didn't blitz every time tonight or something like that, but, uh, but just, you know, seeing how much like, you know, Bobby's pretty regular now he shows, you know, he's probably showing very high on the screen, you know, it's basically like a double and then he's got to, you know, they have to recover back. I mean, it requires a lot of, you know, work from the rest of your defense. It looks a lot more like, you know, the Jason Kidd scheme of, uh, of yesteryear, uh, than probably one. but, um, but I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I definitely like watching this team now. It's sort of, again, I, it's just like weird to look at where they are in the defensive rankings um, and to think that they're higher than they were last year when Brooke Lopez was healthy the entire year. I mean, it, the eye again, test it doesn't, doesn't feel like it matches that, does it? No, no, it does not feel like the defense is, you know, anything special. And, you know, again, part of, I mean, when you play Grayson Allen, you know, 30 minutes every night um, instead of, you know, compared to the playoffs, PJ Tucker, essentially, right? Like essentially what you're swapping of course you're you're swapping offense for defense right that's implicit in in that type of um in that type of decision but um but yeah i don't know i mean the you know the results have obviously not been bad uh but i i definitely am skeptical of you know the sustainability of 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 that group being um uh, being enough and you know we we've we've highlighted it you know that january 7 is the date uh that kind of the the contracts guarantee um boogies and and, and wes's and um i don't know let's just say i hope that we have a better sense of when uh, uh brooke lopez is coming back at this that point because um man i i don't really see boogie as as you know more than just sort of a a regular season band-aid here for like 10 to 15 minutes per night and, and again i think some nights it's going to be something out of a problem but I mean, the interesting part, you look at Boogie's, you know, on-off numbers, which, you know, I would always kind of look at those very closely just because you worry about, again, 
can he just be exploited too badly on defense? I mean, he's been, those numbers are terrific in, in limited minutes so far. Um, He's like plus double digits and even more than that in terms of like the net on off rating. So, I mean, again, they're not, they're not really getting hurt so far in these boogie minutes, but um, I I definitely have concerns about kind of how, how long they can kind of survive doing that. And, um, you know, I think obviously if you miss Chris now for a couple of weeks or something like that, then you're presumably going to start playing even smaller. And part of that is not bad in the sense that Dante Givincenzo, who I haven't been on since that, that news broke, obviously you're happy to have, to have Dante back, but um, you know, I, I, I wasn't hoping that Dante would be coming back and in the context of like, you know, Chris Middleton out Dante Divincenzo <laughs> in like yeah. it would have been preferable to just have both of them, but, um, but we'll see. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, let me say this. I don't think this defense, um, you know, if I was a, a potential playoff opponent, I wouldn't look at, you know, sort of the Brooke Lopez list bucks defense and be afraid of them. Um, I think again, Giannis always gives you a chance. I think you know, he had a couple of plays tonight where he was playing center field um, in pick and roll coverage. And, you know, he almost makes terrific plays and things like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I would say it's definitely an area of, of concern. It's crazy. I, I don't know why I just thought of this when you were talking about it, but if Brooke Lopez, fingers crossed, makes a return to the lineup very late in the regular season, and then all of a sudden you did go back to the starting lineup of Drew, Dante, uh, Chris, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, they may be heading into the playoffs and they haven't really played together since the first round last year. It's been so long uh, since those five guys have been on the court. And we shouldn't have a look for Dante, obviously, this Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever this game is, US time. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. Wednesday. It's going to be very exciting to see uh, Dante on the floor because um, it has just been so long, and he does feel like he was one of the forgotten guys. But the defense probably needs a bit of a boost, Frank. But uh, if, if you're interested in boost uh, mobile, for instance, then you've come to the right place. Uh, you can switch to boost mobile for the power of saving money because with boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes, the power of a three, a power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful could you become? I, I don't know. It's one of life's great questions. Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Uh, we have to add the disclaimer here. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See boostmobile.com for details. Kane, just to add on that, I mean, if, if you look at the defensive ratings, like they're at, you know, I look at NBA.com right now, they're eighth. I thought you were going to add to boost. I, I thought you were going to add to boost, by the way. I thought no, you had to, but no, continue no, with no. the defense. Yes. Uh, uh, they're tied with the Bulls, kind of seventh and eighth there um, at 106.8. The Pacers, or sorry, the Timberwolves are at 107.7. So I always sort of play this game of like, what happens if that number went up or down by one point per 100 possessions? doesn't seem like a ton, right? Especially at this point in the season, it can swing pretty quickly. Well, if you if you went in the right direction, you'd be fifth um, where the Brooklyn Nets are currently at 106. By the way, it's it's funny. Whenever I hear people talk about the Brooklyn Nets, like people only talk about like Harden and slowing down and Kyrie not playing and how, you know, they're, they're sort of bona fides as a title contender have taken a hit. But it's like, I don't, I don't hear ever, anybody ever talk about the fact that they've been like fifth in defense so far. Like 
that seems pretty good. You know, like he's yeah. self KD and your defense has actually been pretty good. I don't know. But um, so, you know, hey, they're reasonably close to, to as being as high as fifth. And then uh, they could drop, you know, very quickly to 13th, you know, if, if, if they drop by a point. So they're not far off from being, you know, an average NBA defense at this point to, to kind of, you know, just underscore the fact that you, you don't want to put too much stock in just saying like, oh, well, they're the sixth or seventh or eighth ranked defense in the league, just because, um, again, there's so much, you know, kind of you know, the, the teams are packed kind of so tightly and similar story on, on offense. They're, they're sixth right now in offense at 110.3 tied with the Suns, who are technically seventh right now. Um, but if they drop the full point, they would be 15th. <laughs> the Raptors are at 109.3. So, um, so yeah, again, this stuff still kind of changes pretty quickly, but, um, I don't know, a couple, a couple of thoughts. I mean, I, again, I, this losing this game, you know, after losing the heat game, um, we, you know, we kind of mentioned how many games they've played against teams that have been missing their best player. You know, they played the heat without Jimmy Butler twice. They played the nuggets without Jokic. They played the, the Lakers without LeBron. Um, I'm sure there's, there's others that, that I've kind of missed, but, um, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, I, it, it sort of feels like last year a little bit and that like, it, it just doesn't feel like there've been like many signature wins. And I was sort of thinking about, it, I was like, aside from opening night, like what's the second most impressive bucks win this season. Right. It, it doesn't even feel like they've had a lot of chances to even have like impressive wins. Um, but it just feels like they've kind of just been like, you know, kind of taking care of business, dealing with injuries. Um, it, it feels, you know, feels kind of like last year, except, you know, doing it while dealing with more injuries, which isn't the worst place to be. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, Hey, worked out last year. Uh, but it's, it's obviously, I think, I always think of Tim Bontemps who, um, he, he, his take was that like the bucks are going to come out and they're going to be really good and they're going to be really motivated and they don't, they want to get the number one seed cause they don't want to play the, the, uh, they don't want to have, uh, they want to have home court against the nets and all this. And I was just, I think, I mean, we talked about this, right. I was just sort of like, eh, I don't think the bucks are going to approach things that way. And this game we've seen in some of the other games, it just feels like today coming off of back to back. I mean, Celtics looked great. You know, They're, if you're a Celtics fan, you look at this game, you're like, Oh, Tatum outscored Milton 42 to four. You know, we hit a bunch of threes. Like we contained Giannis um, signature win. And if you're the bucks, it's just like, eh, they just kind of uh, just back to back. Didn't look that engaged. And, and just kind of scuffled their way to, to an uninspiring loss. I, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of feels a lot like last year, which again, is not really necessarily a big indictment when you know what happened last year. But, um, you know, uh, again, I think just looking at the standings as well, you know, they're technically third percentage points behind the Bulls right now in the East, but um, they could move up pretty quickly. Or, you know, if they stumble here with Chris Middleton out for a couple of weeks or something, you know, they could find themselves kind of, down the pecking order again a little bit yeah i mean when you play boston it's like uh i'm not much of a gambler i don't play many casino games but it's like playing a dice game you've got a one in six chance that he's actually going to hit some shots and the other five times he's going to be two for 20 or whatever else he does uh every single other night unfortunately the bucks were on the wrong end of that tonight but where are the celtics defensively have you still got that up where, where do they rank uh league-wide as far as defensive efficiency goes because the Celt- the, the yeah, the Celtics are have a 107-1 defensive rating, so uh, they are uh, tenth. They're 0.3 behind the Bucks, which 
you know, I, it's kind of weird. I, I thought the Celtics could be a top four team in the East coming into this year. I was like more bullish on them than, than most people. Um, and they've obviously been underwhelming. They're at 500 right now, but you know, I mean, you watch a game like this, like they have a really good, I think, you know, they've, they've played the Bucks so many times. I think they generally have a pretty good plan on Giannis. Now, you, you know, whether Giannis is nursing that calf injury still, I don't know. I mean, he looked fine on Friday, obviously, but, um, but I thought they had a good plan on Giannis and, you know, when they play Horford and Williams together, I mean, it's not easy to, to, to just go ram the ball down their throat uh, defensively. And, you know, Marcus Smart put put Chris Middleton in jail for the most part tonight. I mean, Chris looked terrible and just, you know, Smart just totally flummoxed them. So, um, yeah, I mean, they should be a good defense. I don't know about offensively, but they should be a good defense. No, I, that's exactly the point I was going to make. When you look at the lineup, you mentioned most of the guys, but the starting lineup tonight of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford and Williams if you want to put five guys together that you think you have a guy that can stop Chris Milton or slow him down and multiple guys, which you know you need multiple guys to slow down Giannis, they're kind of built for it. And this is why I've always looked at Boston. And it's not that I think the Celtics would beat the Bucs in a, a seven-game series. The most recent evidence we have suggests that, no, they didn't. But we have seen from time to time that they have had success on one-off nights against Giannis. That's, that's the facts. We've seen that. And along with Miami, they're probably the two teams in the East that I think are, are built the best. Obviously, Philadelphia will see. Their roster is going to change here, I suspect, in the next few weeks. I might be wrong, but I think something's going to happen there. So there are a number of teams in the East, not named Brooklyn, that do at least have some pieces that might give them the, the belief that they could slow down Giannis. They certainly did tonight. As you pointed to, it was a back-to-back he has been carrying stuff. Giannis is always carrying something, though. So it's it's kind of hard to to really look at it as an excuse because whether it's knee soreness, calf, whatever it is, he, it always feels like he's carrying some sort of injury and he'll never admit it and he'll keep on uh, playing. But uh, again, he's had worse nights, but tonight just wasn't one of those those games where he's over, able to, to completely overpower uh, the Celtics. And uh, of course, uh, we'll see them next on Christmas, Frank. So a couple of losses so far. It would be nice to turn that around at home on Christmas Day. Yeah, and I think Boston's won four out of five against the Bucks, um, two two and zero this year, and two out of three last year, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I think they only played three times last year: the opening night win, um, and then they split those two games in Milwaukee. So uh, obviously, the first game, no Giannis, and I, I don't think Chris played in that one either. Right? I think it was just Drew, and uh, and the B team. Um, so uh, so yeah, but I mean, you know, Boston's they they missed Jalen Brown. I mean, Jalen Brown just came back tonight, yeah. right? He's been out for quite a while. He looked. Pretty good, although he had. I, it was interesting. He looked like he had a like a thigh problem. I think in the first quarter, he seemed to come up limping. Yeah. Um, then kind of came back and, and looked okay. So yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics are, you know, they certainly have enough talent. I, I just don't know, you know, especially offensively, they I think just getting these funks. But hey, if they hit twenty threes, I mean, funny how that you know seems to make a team look look like they're suddenly contenders. And I'm sure. You know, because the media was was you know the East Coast media, will, I'm sure was watching this game more so than some of the other box games. I'm sure, um, you know, this, I'm curious if this is going to reignite some of the like you know uh, Celtics optimism. But I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, Bucks and Pacers uh, one night off. Then they've got Indiana, so they're going home. So they, uh, what did they do on this road trip? Did they split it? That means they split two it. And two. two, two, two road trip. They'll go home. They'll host the Pacers. Dante DiVincenzo will be back. Chris Milton likely out. Uh, but as I said, by the time we podcast tomorrow, we should have some sort of update there and we can talk about Chris and whatever the fallout is from the hyperextended knee. Uh, as we wrap it up, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q. 
and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They've got you covered for everything you need there if you're into that type of thing. But we'll leave it there. The Bucks 18 and 11, as Frank said, they lose to the Celtics, split the road trip home now to face the Pacers. Uh, we'll be back to preview that game tomorrow. But for now, for Frank and myself, catch you guys tomorrow.